You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. I pray you'd speak to us today. I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but may we also be doers of the word. And may we allow the word of God to get a hold of our hearts and lives, and may it change us for your honor and for your glory. Uh, May we put on the whole armor that we may have the power and the ability to stand against the devil in this wicked day in which we're living. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm still rejoicing over the fall revival we had with Brother Baldwin. I want to thank you so, so much for coming and being a part of that. And uh, I'm looking forward to this morning. We just started last Sunday our series on the armor of God. I'd challenge you over these next few weeks, we'll probably be in it probably up until about Christmas time, I'm guessing, but I'd encourage you to start working to memorize Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. Uh, It's a powerful passage, it'll help you. Uh, Maybe just say, I'm going to take one verse a week or two verses a week, but I'd challenge you uh, to hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against God. And this book right here is powerful if we will meditate upon it, memorize it, and if we will uh, just immerse ourselves in it uh, every day. The Bible tells us in this passage that we are to put on the armor of the Lord. We saw last week how we should be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. But I want to draw your attention to verse 11 today, and I want you to see again that phrase, It says that ye may be able to stand against the, what's that next word in verse 11? The wiles of the devil. Now we defined that word last week, and I don't know if you remember or not, but we said a wile is a trick. A wile is a, it's a scheme. It's a really, it's a sneaky strategy. Now, Satan is powerful. There's no doubt about it. And Satan is on the attack. However, as Christians, we have more power through Jesus Christ than Satan will ever dream of having. We are more than conquerors, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We saw last week that we're fighting against 
principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Well, the book of Colossians tells us that God is the one that created all things. He created all things in heaven and all things in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. You know what that means? That means that the demons of hell do not have more power than God because God is the one that created all things. You say, well, that's not true because God did not create the demons. Oh, yes, he did. They weren't created as demons. They were created as angels in heaven. God created Lucifer. Lucifer is the one who in heaven, he said, I will be like the most high. And God kicked him out of heaven. And with him, a third of the angels went with him. That's the demons. That's the principalities and powers. And although they're powerful, and although you might be scared to think, oh no, what are we going to do? I got good news for you. Our God is the one who is the creator of all. He is Lord of all. He is above all. He has more power. And so while we're going to battle against Satan, Satan is not more powerful than we are with the power and the strength of God. So Satan is out to destroy. Satan is out, the Bible says, walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may Devour. That word devour means to swallow up. It means to destroy. You see, Satan is not trying to just put you on the sideline. Satan is not trying to just kind of bump you out of the race. He wants to eliminate you. He wants to take you down. He wants to destroy your life. So look very quickly as we look at this uh, message this morning, as we're talking about the wiles of the devil. Number one, let's be very clear. The devil's goal is destruction. He wants to destroy. He wants to devour. The Bible says in Luke 22 that uh, Jesus was speaking to Peter and he said, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That word sift is literally the idea to shake something violently. That's what Satan's trying to do. He wants to shake you up and he wants to shake you out of the faith. He wants to shake you up and he wants to get you out of church. He wants to get you out of the Bible. He wants to get you off of the, off your knees. He wants to get you away from God. That's Satan's desire. Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. You imagine the emotions there? Peter's thinking, oh man, Satan's trying to get me. Satan's after me. He wants to shake me. He wants to sift me like a, a farmer would sift that wheat. And Peter's thinking, I can't make it. I'm in trouble. And Jesus says, but Peter, I've prayed for you. That your faith fail not. Boy, that you ought to leave here encouraged today just knowing you got somebody that's praying for you. And it's not just a family member, it's not just a friend, it's not just a pastor, but you got the Son of God seated at the right hand of the throne of God who is praying for you, who is pulling for you. And can I tell you, that ought to encourage you to know that Satan cannot destroy you while you have the power and the might of God. 
The Bible tells us, Joshua chapter 5, would you turn back there? I want you to look at this very quickly. The Bible tells us that Joshua, the mighty general, the one who is leading the people into the promised land, he's getting ready to fight against Jericho. And the night before the battle, Joshua is, is, is near Jericho, maybe surveying. I don't know, maybe he was praying. Maybe he was just getting ready to go. Maybe he was laying out the final plans. But Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and he said, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? He said, Hey, man, I need to know whose side are you on? Which, which team are you fighting for? And the man answered and said, nay. He said, no, neither one. He said, but as the captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And notice what Joshua did. He said, all right, well, give me some good battle strategy. Give me some good ideas for how we can fight. Oh, no, that's not what he did. You know what Joshua did to prepare for battle? The Bible says he fell on his face to the earth and did worship. Can I tell you how you can get ready for the battle? Fall in love with Jesus. Get on your knees every day and worship God every day. Spend some time uh, telling God how good he is and how mighty he is and how much you love him and how thankful you are for what he's done. That's a good way to get prepared for the battle. That's what Joshua did. And then he said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua said, and while I got you here, I need to know what you have to say to me. Can I tell you, if we're going to go into battle... We better get our ears open and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me today? What, what do you have for me as a, as a husband? What do you have for me as a father? What do you have for me as a, a wife or a mother? What do you have for me as a teenager? What do you have for me as a, a, a grandparent? What do you have for me as a Sunday school teacher? God, I, I'm going into battle. I'm fighting against the devil, and I need to know, what do you have to say? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Uh, that's a whole other message in and of itself. I'll preach that sometime. But notice the last four words of verse 15. And Joshua did so. You know what Joshua did? He did exactly what God told him to do. And I want to tell you, if we're going to go into battle, we better do exactly what God has told us to do. And Ephesians 6, if you'll go back there, Ephesians 6 tells us we've got to put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, Joshua was concerned and Joshua was nervous about Jericho, but God wasn't worried. God was in control of that battle. And I want to tell you, God's in control of the battle that you're fighting. And God knows what you need. And God knows what you're going through. And God is the one who is the real captain that we are following. So we see, number one, that Satan's objective is destruction. He wants to destroy you. He wants to defeat you. He wants to conquer you. But I want you to notice, number two, not only is Satan's objective destruction, but number two, his objective is deception. You, if Satan can't destroy you, and by the way, you have more power available, and I have more power available through God, so Satan's not stronger than we are. 
So how's he going to get us? How's he going to come after us? How is he going to get the advantage? And that's his desires that he might get the advantage of us. And the Bible says, and we're not ignorant of his devices. We know he's got some strategy. So if he can't destroy us, he'll try to deceive us. Satan likes to deceive Christians by telling them that they're not really even in a battle. Satan would like to tell you today, this armor of God, this isn't for you. This is just for the pastor. This is just for the deacons. This is just for the Sunday school teachers. This is just for the fanatics. <laughs> I got news for you. It's for every born again child of God. You must put on the armor of God. You've got to have it. But Satan will deceive you. He'll say, oh, things aren't that bad. Oh, it's, it's going to be all right. Satan wants to tell you that you're in a battle you can't win. He'll say, oh, it's hopeless. There's no use. You're not going to make a difference. Well, I got news for you. God only needs one. He said, I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap. And God can use just one. God could use you. God could make a difference. Uh, uh, you could make a difference with just you being yielded to God. Satan wants you to think that God doesn't even love you. He'll tell you that. God doesn't really love you. If he loved you, why did he let that happen? Satan's a liar. He's a deceiver. Satan wants you to believe that it's not worth it to serve God. I've served God. I've done this. I've done this. I've been on the mission field for 39 years. I've taught a Sunday school class. I've sung in the choir. I've done all this. And there is nothing to show, which, by the way, that's not the case. And even if it were the case, we're not living for down here. Can I tell you, when we get to heaven, it's going to be revealed what's actually been accomplished by being obedient to God. But the Bible tells us that Satan is trying to deceive. Jeremiah reminds us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Sometimes Satan deceives us by using our own feelings and our own emotions. I'll say this, you can't live by feelings. Now I praise God for feelings. There's some good feelings you have and there's some, there's some mountaintops, but there are some valleys. And if you live your life based upon feelings, you won't always feel like going to church. You won't always feel like reading the Bible. You won't always feel like praying. You won't always feel like going to work. You won't always feel like being the husband or the, uh, the, 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 the wife or the father or the mother. You won't always feel like doing what's right. But we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. And that faith is settled in the word of God, the facts of God's word. But Satan will deceive you with your own heart. Your heart is deceitful. My heart is deceitful. Satan will deceive through sin. Hebrews 3.13, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, sin is, sin is, it, it's a lie. Uh, sin looks so good and the devil advertises so good. But if anybody ought to be sued for false advertisement and misinformation, it's the old devil. Because he tells you it's going to be wonderful, it's going to be great if you'll just do what he tells you to do. And you'll find out in the end the wages of sin is death. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The Bible tells us that riches can deceive us. The Bible speaks of the deceitfulness of riches. Well, that money, it sounds so good, doesn't it? Boy, if I could just have this much money... 
If I could just have this job, if I could just have this salary, if I could just have uh, this bank account, if I could just have this overtime, if I could just have this promotion, and riches will deceive you. You say, how do you know? Because you read about and you, 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 you just, you follow just in the news, you follow the richest people in the world. And guess what they're still doing? OD, DUI, divorce, uh, uh, abuse in the home, fighting, police called. Can I tell you? Because it's a lie. Riches don't bring happiness. Riches do not solve all your problems. But riches will deceive. The Bible tells us that wine is a deceiver, Proverbs 20. Colossians 2 says you can be deceived through philosophy and the traditions of men. Can I tell you, people will stand up, not behind this pulpit, but people will stand up and they'll tell you, the Bible says, and they'll go off on all this stuff the Bible says, and the Bible doesn't say it. You'll see them on television. You'll see them on the internet. You'll see their books in the bookstore, and they'll make all these grand and glorious proclamations that have nothing to do with the Bible. And you know whose fault that is? It's our fault that we don't know what the Bible says. It's our fault that we haven't searched the scriptures. We've been deceived because we're listening to what somebody is saying rather than saying, what does God say? Satan deceives. The Bible tells us that uh, there are those who handle the word of God deceitfully. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that our lusts, our desires can be deceitful. So, well, pastor, I, I think I'm good on this one. I don't think I'm going to be deceived by the devil because I, I got his number. Well, I'm glad you got his number, but I got news for you. He's got yours. And if Satan could deceive Eve in the Garden of Eden in a perfect place where she and Adam walked with God every day and there was no sin... If Satan could deceive Eve, I think she could deceive you and me. I think he could deceive you and me. If Satan could deceive a third of the angels in heaven that worshiped in the presence of God, I think Satan has the ability to deceive us. Amen. And after the rapture takes place, the Bible says that God's going to send a strong delusion that the people on this earth will believe a lie. Every person is going to believe the lie of the Antichrist who is empowered by Satan himself. Satan is out to deceive. In 1920, there was a man who was arrested. His name was Charles Ponzi. That name ring a bell? <laughs> He's got something named after him called the Ponzi Schemes. But he was arrested for scamming people out of $20 million. That was in 1920. Now, $20 million is still a lot today, but in 1920, that was a whole lot of money. More recently, Bernie Madoff, who recently died in prison in the state of North Carolina, was convicted of scamming people out of $50 billion. Now, here's the amazing thing about those two and many others like them. They didn't hold a gun to your head and say, give me your money. You know what they did? They schemed. They tricked those people. They fooled those people. They lied to those people to say, if you will just give me this, I'll give you so much more. And that's exactly what Satan is doing today. You know, Satan is much like the identity thieves of today. 
You know, the identity thieves, uh, they don't come up to you and hold a gun to you. They don't hold a baseball bat and threaten to beat you with it. But they get your information, right? They get your credit card number. And they tell us that in 2020, there were about 40,000 people that were robbed by a weapon or robbed in person with a gun. About 40,000 people. Now, that sounds like a lot. But you know, there were about 400,000 people in 2020 that were victims of credit card theft or credit card fraud. You never saw their face. If that happened to you, you never saw them. They didn't threaten you. They didn't even have to take your wallet. All they did was they got your information and they scammed and they schemed and they tricked and they took something that didn't belong to them. It belonged to you, but they took it by deceit. Satan is the master deceiver. Number one, Satan's goal is destruction. Number two, his goal is destruction. Number two, it's deception. Number three, Satan's goal is distraction. Have you ever seen a magic show? Maybe at school, maybe some kids did a little show or you went somewhere, maybe at a, a carnival or somewhere and somebody said, all right, I'm going to make this ball disappear, you know, and the ball is under the, the cups or whatever, or the, they stick something in a hat and then it's gone. And then instead of the object they put in the hat, you know, some bird goes flying. You're like, what in the world? I was reading this week and I'm not a magician by any sense of the imagination. In case you were wondering, I'm not going to show you any magic tricks. But I was reading this week and, you know, they said one of the, the greatest tools of a magician or an illusionist is distraction. If they can take your attention off of one thing, then there's a lot they can do with that one thing if you're not looking at it. That's why in a magic show, many times there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of, uh, 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 of action, and there's a lot of sudden movements because what it does is it distracts you from what you should be looking at. Satan is doing a great job today of distracting a lot of Christians. You may be here today and maybe you haven't been destroyed and maybe you haven't even been deceived, but you've been distracted. You say, well, how do we know if we've been distracted? Satan will try to get your eyes off of this book right here. Satan will try to get you away from serving God. Satan will try to get you away from loving your family and doing what is right. And Satan will try to get you off the main thing of witnessing and, and winning souls and telling people about Christ. And can I tell you, Satan is the master deceiver, but he is the master distractor. I wonder tonight or to this morning, I wonder what is it that Satan's using to distract you? Satan wants you to get your eyes on the enemy and see how big the enemy is and how strong the enemy is rather than keeping your eyes on God and seeing how strong he is. Satan wants you to focus on what everybody else is doing and sometimes we get distracted. We're in a battle and we're soldiers and we're fighting, but while we're supposed to be fighting the enemy and we're supposed to be listening to the captain, we're worried about what all the other soldiers are doing. Would you see what so-and-so did? I wonder why they did that. I, I, wonder, I, I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what they're doing. Can I tell you, I don't know what anybody else is thinking. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm thinking. But I know this, I want to keep my eyes on Jesus. I don't want to be distracted. Satan tries to distract. Satan loves to bring confusion. I believe that Satan has used COVID 
to distract a lot of Christians from what really is the main thing. I believe that Satan has used politics to distract people from what is the main thing. I'll tell you this, there's a whole lot of craziness going on in our world uh, with COVID and with masks and with vaccines uh, and with mandates. And by the way, I'm not here to tell you about those things because the truth is I know what my opinion is. But I'll tell you this, my opinion may or may not be right. But I'm not talking about those things today. I'm talking about this right here, the Word of God. And I know that God wants you to put on the armor. I know that God wants you to read this book. I know God wants you to pray. I know He wants you to fight against the devil. But we're distracted. I think the economy and money is a distraction. I'll be honest with you. I don't like what I see going on in the economy. I don't like what I see going on with the prices going up for everything under the sun. I know now where all that stimulus money was going to go. It was going to go to all the prices that were raised up with inflation. But can I tell you this? Money, economy, politics, that's not the main thing. Jesus, as he was going back up into heaven, he didn't say, all right, all right, guys, I want you, I want you guys to keep the political realm under control. Make sure you're really good at being the watchdog for all the politicians. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, you make sure, you make sure everybody's wearing a mask. You make sure everybody's getting the vaccine. You make sure that everybody's, no, no, no. You know what Jesus said? Ye shall be witnesses unto me. That's pretty clear. That's pretty simple. But we're distracted. We're distracted by the things of this world. We're distracted by the social issues of today. We're distracted by the, the division that is, is being brought in uh, to our nation and the division of, well, you're not this and you're not this and you're not this. Can I tell you, God is no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what country you live in. Doesn't matter what language you speak. God loves you the same. And yet we are so distracted. And guess who's behind that? Satan, because if he can't destroy you, and if he can't deceive you, he'll distract you. And lastly, I believe Satan is using one more wile, one more trick. Now, I'm sure there are others, but I see one more in this passage. Notice verse number 20. I had never, I'd never seen it like this before, but it says in verse 20, Paul has just finished talking about the armor of God. And why do you put on armor? Because you want to win and you want to be victorious and you want to conquer. And Paul says in verse 20, for the gospel, I am an ambassador. Oh, that's a great thing to be. An ambassador is such an important person. An ambassador represents a, a, the affairs of a leader and goes to another country with the authority of that leader. And Paul says, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. But then he says this. I'm in bonds. Ooh. That doesn't sound like a good thing for a soldier. If you're in bonds, that means you're a POW, right? You're a prisoner. You can't win the battle very well if you're in bonds, if you're in prison. And you know what I wonder, but maybe there was some discouragement at times for Paul. I know I would have been discouraged thinking I'm trying to win the world for Christ and I'm trying to reach people with the gospel and I'm trying to conquer the devil and 
I'm in prison. I'm locked up. Now, maybe, maybe the devil doesn't do this to you, but sometimes he does this to me. He perches up on my shoulder and whispers in my ear and says, things aren't going like you thought, huh? People don't really care about Bible preaching and people really don't care about serving God anymore. That's kind of outdated. And people are so busy and people got sports and work and hobbies and people got all this other stuff that people don't care about church anymore. People don't care about serving God. People don't care about the Bible anymore. That is so old-fashioned. It's so outdated. Satan will tell you that God has forgotten about you. Satan will tell you that somebody didn't treat you right and therefore God let you down. Satan will tell you that you invested in someone, you poured your life into them, and then they turn their back on you. And Satan wants you to focus on the disappointments. And Satan wants you to be discouraged so that you will not continue fighting the battle. John Bunyan was the man who authored The Pilgrim's Progress. You know how we got the Pilgrim's Progress? Because John Bunyan was in prison for 12 years because he would not accept a license to preach this book right here. And while he was in prison, guess what God used him to do? To pen the words and the story of the Pilgrim's Progress. We have much of our New Testament because the Apostle Paul was locked up in a jail cell. And he couldn't go to the churches and he couldn't preach to the people. And so he had to write letters to the churches and say, hey, I got to tell you about this and I got to remind you about this. And we have the Bible because somebody was willing to take a disappointment and turn it into a blessing. Somebody was willing to look at these bonds and say, you know what? I may be bound. My hands may be bound, but my God's not bound. And the power of the gospel is not bound. And the power of the truth is not bound. And the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And can I tell you, we can put on the armor of God even though we're fighting the wiles of the devil. I want to encourage you today. Don't let Satan destroy you. He wants to. Don't let him deceive you. He wants to. Don't let him distract you. Oh, he's trying real hard. And don't let Satan discourage you into thinking that it's not worth it to serve God because it not only will be worth it all someday, but it is worth it all now to serve God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.